Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Mayorkas might be impeached if the House has their stuff right. They appear to have the votes. They're voting tonight. Kudos to Rand Paul and the boys for staging an all-night filibuster so that at 5 a.m., these seething rhinos, every stinking one of the John Cornyns, Mitch McConnells, Murkowski, Collins, and Mitt Romney were going wild. How dare you say that we should not be funding Ukraine until we force Democrats into something they'll never do. So there's that, which is contain the border. They'll never do it. So uh, why are we uh, making that the proposition? Well, we have an election coming up. We're going to continue until then. This guy, Tom Tillis, first of all, you know, Rose says all the time, why do you do this? I, I do have a bit of a pick with a guy who spells his name for Tom, T-H-O-M. I can't help it. I'm weak on that. What the heck is up with that? Just make it Thomas or put T-O-M down, please. How does this guy get elected from North Carolina, which is a reasonably purplish, slightly red state? Tillis, in the debate last night about the Senate passing all this funding, $60 billion, for Ukraine without anything on the border, he said that um, our base, hey, Tommy, it's not your base. We're not in sync with you. Our base possibly know, our base cannot possibly know what's at stake at the level that any well-briefed U.S. senator should know about what's at stake if Putin wins. Think about this guy. Think about the arrogance of it. These dopes many times that are senators that are just doddering around doing God knows what. They're well-briefed. You're not. He knows. That's why. They had to pass this. He is a well-briefed senator. And that's going to be up there with uh, Dr. Oz saying the uh, do- the woman, the doctor, and local politicians. Can you imagine going back to North Carolina? I'm well-briefed. You're not. Shut up. The Corning guy gets into it from Texas on Twitter with Ken Paxson, their attorney general, who's critical of him. And he says, uh, yeah. You're a fan of well-paid Russian propaganda. (laughs) What the heck? But my favorite is old mix. Here's Mitt Romney. Wait for the phrase shock jocks. I think he's talking about talk radio there. Talk radio listeners and shock jocks. What century is this guy in? Mitt Romney. Here's what Romney said about those who oppose the $60 billion for Ukraine. Now I know that the shock jocks and online instigators have effectively riled up many in the far reaches of my party. But if your position is being cheered by Vladimir Putin, it's time to reconsider your position. Now I can't see into the future, but there are no guarantees that Ukraine will defeat Russia. 
But that does not mean that we should stand back and let Putin have his way with Europe. What sending weapons to Ukraine does do is help discourage further Russian and Chinese invasions, which could draw us in. It helps preserve NATO. It allows America to remain the leader of the free world. And it shows that we honor our word to our friends and allies. Lech Walesa, the first democratically elected president of Poland since 1926, and someone I've been fortunate enough to meet with, recently wrote to all the United States senators. He said this, quote, you're obliged to assure a peaceful future for your children. Our grandchildren will never forgive us if we fail to stop Russia now. If the U.S. does not lead, nobody will. End of quote. Couldn't agree more. Helping a free people defend their freedom is simply the right thing to do. You shock jock. All right. So, you know, who in a debate do you think? Uh, old Rand Paul and Tom Tillis missing a couple letters in his name. Or Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, and the like would win. And what, um, Rand Paul making the point that we're making the same point about illegal immigrants here. Americans are up against it. Inflation number now out there today is wildly up again, 3.1%. And in addition to that, the core, the groceries and all that, they're up about 3.9%. Unexpected. So you see what the market's doing? It's down like 400 points. On and on and on it goes with this stuff. And the average American is saying, no, we're not going to give them $60 billion. A, I wouldn't give that. B, to trade off for the border when they're not going to fix the border, they're not going to contain the border, no matter what they put down on paper, you know that they won't do that. They might do it for a week right before the election or something, but that's it. The razor wire is an example. The razor wire is working. You're not going to get through that. So uh, the vote was um, 70 to 29 passing in the Senate. Now, in the House, it's dead on arrival, but it still makes the point of the disconnect. And this guy, Tom Tillis, a well-briefed senator, if we only could see what he says this year, how many of these guys do you think are even vaguely articulate, could debate the average listener here? A few of them. Yeah, a few of them. Mitt Romney, though? Shock jocks. Who writes this stuff? A bunch of people from Utah there? Hey, hey, there's a new phrase in Utah. Shock jocks. Why is he in the Senate? The Mormon vote in Utah. That's all. His name recognition and his money. And a group of people that got behind him there. So he's leaving finally. Murkowski in Alaska. Go figure that one. The Warbler. Susan Collins in Maine. They all come together with McConnell, the Thune guy, and these others. And they besmirch people who say, no, well, you don't know anything, so we're going to vote for this. That's their argument. Well, why are Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, uh, Mike Lee, all those that, uh, you know, articulate on this, on the Constitution and everything else, why are they so dead set against this? One thing is they know this is the only chance to at least try to stop what's going on on the border. You give them $60 billion. And why are they so hell-bent with this country with $60 billion more dollars that if you object, you're called a propagandist, a propagandist for Putin? All right, 855-839-1210. That's uh, how you get in on that. 
Here is Representative Gallagher from uh, Wisconsin, Republican. I just love what he said in here about Biden getting on TikTok. It's not just appealing to young people. Listen to what he calls them, and that's exactly right. One of the major reasons Biden's getting on TikTok is not so much just to freshen up. Can you imagine Biden on TikTok? It's these crazies. Now, some of them are just anti-Israel. Many of them at least have a tinge of anti-Semitism. They just, the poor babies in Gaza. Guess what? In my mind, Israel's doing exactly the right thing. And this time, they're not going to let up. This time, they're not going to forget. They screwed up on October 7th, the Netanyahu government, allowing what happened there. We're supposed to forget that. Listen to Gallagher talk about why Biden is on TikTok. Every single Biden national security official, from the director of national intelligence to the CIA director, to the DIA director, to the head of cyber command, has warned that TikTok is a national security threat. The head of the FBI, Chris Wray, just testified before my committee and said that the parent company that owns TikTok is beholden to the Chinese government, and therefore it is a very significant threat. So here you have Biden's handpicked advisors telling him that this is effectively a CCP tool or weapon, and yet he's ignoring that. Why? To court the votes of anti-Semitic 18-year-olds? To to get progressive clicks in a campaign season? It's not a serious move. It's not serious leadership. It's not the move of a serious country. If we continue to go down this road, we are going to effectively cede control of our news media to a hostile foreign country. That's unacceptable. I urge the president's you know, Gen Z, TikTok-addled campaign staffers to reverse course in the interest of national security. Beautifully put. Yeah, anti-Semitic 18-year-olds, a bunch of clowns. Forget about October 7th. The big bad guy, Israel, not. they are anti-Semitic, any number of them. Any number of the Democrats, every progressive is. Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. They're all over the place. Well, you can't hide either. And that's why Biden is, <laughs> that's why Biden is on TikTok. It's not just the youth vote. It's that particular segment he wants to reinforce. He's not with big bad Israel. This is Uncle Joe with you on TikTok. They are anti-Semitic. All right, here is, um, we've been talking about this. Dan found this, uh, an explanation of how China uses TikTok for ideological subversion. And this from comes YouTube. from uh, Moon. Uh, Moon is a YouTuber that discusses in-depth TikTok in China okay. and the implications. And th- this is really how China damages the youth uh, in, in the U.S. through TikTok. Yeah, how many of these challenges? I know I don't remember Facebook having wild challenges Hold your breath and jump off the side of a building. Can you do that now? I don't remember Twitter doing that by and large, Dan. There's one place where these challenges and all this stuff is. That's on TikTok. Here's what he said. Propaganda philosophy in mind. The construction of role models. There's a reason why China's version of TikTok, Douyin, is so different from the version they send to the rest of the world. If you're a child under the age of 14 in China, Douyin shows you the educational videos like science experiments and museum exhibits. With the rest of Chinese TikTok showing hardworking everyday civilians, helping their country, and sacrificing for the greater communist good. And yet, if you're that same child in the United States, TikTok shows you sex, vandalism, crime, social disruption, and other dope 
have been satisfying degenerate clips. And when preteens in the US and China were surveyed, asking what is the most aspirational career they hope to achieve, the number one answer in the US was to be a social media influencer, while in China, it was to be an astronaut. Which is why it's clear that Mao's old method of creating idols has been turned on its head and used as a weapon. And they... That's beautifully put, Dan. And that's in one place. Uh, we vaguely have heard that before. You know, there's two versions of TikTok. They're not showing that in China. You try doing that in China, see what happens to you. Why are we putting it up with here? All right, here's the other thing. And I'm not going to let up in it. Uh, the uh, NFL. But no, the, um, the Biden administration now, Dan, is going to be celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs at some strategic point here. Who knows when that point will be for maximum value? You know what the question is. Everybody is leaving it up to the Chiefs to determine if you know who will go to the White House with your Kansas City Chiefs. Now, wait a minute. Why would you know who have anything to do with the Kansas City football team? Did she help Kelsey with his pass patterns? Did she provide stickum? Uh, was there a particular song that was inspirational? So what are I mean, the? Is it just normal for the significant others of the football players to go to the White House? Uh, like if I if I was invited to the White House, there's no way Maisie's not coming with me. Okay, well, it's a football your player wife, for a celebration wife, like yeah. that. I, I don't I know. Get, like, I why, why are we still doing this? I thought we were going to end it with the well, Super Bowl. Well, because they're not ending it. And the answer is that if she goes to the White House, that will be the spectacle. And I, every day, am more and more believing she's going to endorse. Until we see that's not the case, then, yeah, I would mention it. So you think it's just well, a significant just, the, the more conservatives say, the, you know, the more she's going to endorse, it, it gives her incentive to endorse. Like, we're, we're forcing her hands into politics. we're doing anything to hey, Well, if we just shut up, we wouldn't be doing anything. Like, well, she, she wouldn't have any incentive to do it. First of all, I don't know when I look in the pictures that if significant others go to the White House. So that's one point of clarity. When I see the team pictures, that's who I see there with the president. That's why I think. Looking to see if we, there's like. Yeah, well, that's why yeah. the article today said that the Kansas City Chiefs would decide that. That's why I'm saying if there were no decision, if they always go, if they've gone before, then you're right. Why would the Kansas City Chiefs decide it, though? I think sometimes they might, and sometimes oh, yeah, they you're don't. something there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's 855 839 1210. Uh, let me give you the uh, side question today. Today, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday. So we're looking for someone real or fictional that uh, has a mask, almost as an article of clothing, almost always. I'll take the most obvious one off. As soon as I thought about this, it's got to be Zorro. That's the all-time yeah. bandana mask. But I also like, I like V for Vendetta, the Guy Fawkes mask. Where everybody wears the same mask and you can't tell who it is that's a revolutionary. That's a great one, too, yeah. Yeah, so the Guy Fawkes mask. I'll take a Batman off the board. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that'll be my big one because I had Batman and Zorro on there. So let, let's take Guy Fawkes, Batman, and Zorro off today. Yes. All right. Could be a real person. I'm trying to think of who someone with a mask is. You may think of one. That Not all the time, but they wear a mask. I'm going to take another one off the board, yeah, just okay. to get people thinking outside the box. Richard Harrow from uh, Boardwalk Empire. It wasn't okay. a mask in the sense that he was covering his face. It was actually rebuilding his face after a war injury. Uh, knocked mm -hmm. off, you know, his eye and half his face. And he wore a mask to 
replace some of his face, Richard Harrow. Richard Harrow. Okay, 855-839-1210. You get in. AT&T and Verizon Wireless. All that you need to do is push pound 1210. Do we still have a smattering of people that say these senators were right? $60 billion more for Ukraine. You can't possibly tell me you're on board with that number and the munitions that are weakening us. Apparently, we have critical shortages of any number of things. I don't know why we can't make more with all that money, but that's what the argument is. If we got into a situation right now, we might be caught short. So who there still supports this at this kind of deal of $60 billion when there's no deal on the border? That Tuesday, that gives us the side question today, Dom Giordano's show. I didn't see this live, but I've just seen that. I'm going to talk about it today. The John Stewart is back and under uh, tremendous fire because he somewhat, I would say, from some of the clips I've seen, he really went after Trump, but he went after Biden in uh, several different ways, too, and lumped him with Trump as far as unpopular candidates. I mean, what else is he supposed to do? Well, he's supposed to go on the attack, so much so that on Fox, Dana Perino had Kennedy on, and they were talking about, is John Stewart getting it? Uh, I have to see more. He's only on once a week. I have to see more times. I just think that John Stewart uh, is, is pushing back at Biden maybe more practically because he wants to beat Trump than he's pushing at Biden. I mean, that's not exactly being critical of Biden. It's being critical of not wanting to lose. So Kennedy said, I think that's one of the factors. He's seeing how well the Gutfeld show is doing. Oh, here we go again. But when you look at the numbers, Gutfeld averaged 2.3 million viewers and 328,000 in the 2554 demographic. It recently beat The Late Show, Jimmy Kimmel, The Tonight Show, Late Night with Seth Meyers, after midnight, which is a new CBS thing, in total viewership. So how do you explain that? Well, the others are bad. There's nothing there for all other than those who don't want com- It's not comedy. It's like a lecture. It's like Stephen Colbert is actually like a lecture. There's very little that's comedic. At least this is attempted comedy. Yes. The, the only thing I'd suggest is maybe because it's the only conservative leaning, it's like one versus a you right. know oversaturation of the market with left-leaning ideologies being the regular late-night shows versus Gutfeld, which kind of leans right, which does lean right. Yeah, um, I think it's somewhat that, but it's that the others are not even attempting think Gutfeld is attempting comedy. Well, I, if you were an executive sitting in a meeting, you should look at Gutfeld and say, hey, look, this guy has the entire pastor to himself. Right. You know, maybe we should lean a little bit conservative and see if we can get some of these viewers. But, but do I think uh, the little bit that I saw, the clips with um, John Stewart, do I think he's doing that? No. person who's doing it is Bill Maher, and I don't think Bill Maher is doing it necessarily just because Gutfeld's succeeding. I think there's an element of Bill Maher. He's an old-fashioned liberal. He hates. He told me that face-to-face. He said, that's not an act. When he's like, I hate these people. They're killing us, Tom. You know, meaning liberals. Uh, that's what he was saying to me in row. So I, I think, you know, everybody makes a calculated decision. First thing he said, he said, did you see that audience? They were laughing at the jokes that were more conservative, right? That's the first question he asked me. So he's sensitive to it. And Gutfeld is succeeding wildly. 
Yeah, you would think somebody would say a little more even-handedness, a little bit moving that way. Can you do that? Uh, Too soon to tell with John Stewart. I think it's more. He sees how appalling Biden is. Now, here is the latest Biden tactic. His lawyer was on with, um, uh, which was his lawyer, Bob Bauer, oh, was with Jen Psaki. And here's their argument, and I have an answer to it. Their argument now is everybody in the room, says Bauer, who was the Biden lawyer in the matter of the uh, classified documents. Everybody in the room saw Joe Biden push back on this prosecutor because the prosecutor's questions weren't good. In other words, they were not formed correctly. They weren't on the subject matter. And boy, the president really pushed back. And Jen Psaki says, oh, I've seen that with him. He can really break down a question. We're supposed to believe this, <laughs> that this guy even knows, you know. Yesterday, he did a thing with the king of Jordan or the representative from Jordan. He introduced him. He moved to his right. He stood there for a minute. Then it occurred to him, maybe a nanosecond, oh, I'm not going to stand here. He taps the guy on the shoulder, then moves to his left. And then he decides again to go back to his right. And I didn't see anybody directing him. <laughs> what is it? Now, that's, this is a sign of something wrong, that he can't even just stand there. I'm sure they told him, what I just stand there. Do not move. The best comparison I've read recently is that he turns into a Roomba every time right. he's supposed to go somewhere on a stage. And, and we yeah. just got one of those robot vacuums. It's right. exactly what it is. It's like, <laughs> just... It keeps moving around awkwardly. and Yeah, that's a sign of problems. I mean, he looks, stares in his face, and he thinks, I don't even think he's thinking. He's, you're right. It's robotic, and he's moving. When they're telling him, no, everything will be okay. You don't have to get off the stage. Jill Biden will come running up and carry you off if we have to. All right, so 855-839. This is the latest angle now. You know what the answer is. Hey, Mr. Big Shot Biden lawyer. Let's release the tapes. Let's see. Let America see all five hours. Put them out there. Unvarnish. At least give us the transcript. Why can't we see the tapes? Put the tapes out there. And then people can make their own decision when they take a look at what was asked in the manner in which it was asked. Now, special guest, we have Bill McSwain, former U.S. attorney, at 2 o'clock. He's done stuff like this, and he knows the special counsel. He worked with him. Fairly intensely, as far as I can tell. So we'll ask him his estimation of this. This guy's a put-together guy. He's not going to, you know, president of the United States, something this consequential, you're on tape. You think this guy just shows up and says, hey, uh, what about Bo Biden? And if I hear one more guy on Morning Joe, today it was Morning Joe, and he says, well, if you ask me what day my mother died, I couldn't tell you. Now, I didn't go back and look it up. But I have a suspicion that his mother might have died a while ago. Bo Biden, this was fairly recently. They talk about it all the time. They commemorate it. If I read it right, I think it's around Memorial Day. Somewhat in that time frame. So it's something memorable. It would be like if your mom or dad died on your child on Christmas or something. You know what I mean? You would remember it. (laughs) I mean... Come on. How many times does Biden talk about this? Constantly. It's a matter of public. It's out there constantly. There's no escaping what happened here. Finally, we had somebody that got inside the Wizard of Oz and they don't know what to do.
So this guy's out there blustering. These questions, I tell you, several of them were ill-formed. And Biden had to kind of chide the guy into a better question. We're supposed to believe that? There's no way that this guy can do that. I mean, he might have gotten mad. He might have been yelling crazy stuff. He might have been moving all over the place. But for him to absolutely tell him this is a poor question, I don't think so. Hey, in a little bit, our buddy, big-time attorney, Wally Zimalong, is going to be with us. He just won through the Stephen Miller uh, Legal Foundation. We've told you about this before. A case here in Jersey where a student was kicked out for reading the Bible out loud. It was a hate crime. All right, so he'll be here in a couple minutes to talk about that. Uh, Let me go to Susan in Newtown Square. Hey, Susan, good afternoon. What do you have today? Hi. Hey, my friend. Love your show. How are you doing? Good, Susan. Thank you. Good. Um, I was thinking about your side question about the masked Yes. Person. Yes. And I thought of somebody right away. I love Phantom of the Opera. Well, it's one of the longest running Broadway plays, if not the longest, right? I think it was. Right. Still is somewhere. Yeah, I, I think it is. That's a very good one, Susan. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll put you down for that. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera is a all-time favorite. All right, that's what we're looking for. It could be fictional. could be a real person in a particular situation. Today, Mardi Gras Day, The Masking. While he's in along next, how do you get charged with a hate crime kicked out of a college in Jersey when you're involved with reading the Bible out loud? All right. He'll break that down. But more importantly, he's part of this group that Stephen Miller, advisor to President Trump, founded that has had great success in pushing back on things like this. Can the Bible be uh, hate speech? Uh, Wally Zimalong is uh, an independent attorney that we love having on. So many big cases, most recently the Springfield Township case. But he also is part of the AFL, and that is the um, uh, Stephen Miller, the guy that was a top Trump advisor, set up nationally to give people this well, you, you know, you see the uh, the stuff with uh, John Morgan, right? You see that, the biggest law firm, the other side. Well, these are some of the best lawyers in the country unified. It makes the stakes fairly even. Uh, while he joins us, this case out of a college in New Jersey, he's in on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Wally, welcome in. Great to have you today. Oh, it's great to be on as always, Tom. How are you? Very good. So as I understand it, this guy gets put out of college, suspended or kicked out in Jersey. Uh, It's the county college of Morris County. And the reason why was he was accused of hate speech. How did it involve the Bible? Yeah, we represented a college student at the county college of Morris uh, by the name of Combe Cephalino. Mr. Cephalino is a street preacher. He, he goes in public areas and preaches directly from the Bible, quotes directly from the Bible. I mean, people are familiar with, with individuals. They've seen these individuals um, um, on, in different locations. And Mr. Cephalino is, is that uh, a street preacher, street preacher like uh, folks have seen before. And he was doing that um, on uh, a college campus, the County College of Morris, which he was allowed to do in an area that was open for First Amendment expression. 
and was accused by members of the LGBTQ plus community um, of engaging in hate speech. And the woke college administrators at the County College of Morris agreed with them. And they suspended Mr. Cefalino uh, not once but twice, the second time saying that if he returned to campus, he would be arrested. And the only thing he ever did was quote directly from the Bible. He never harassed anybody. He never um, threatened anybody. He did nothing more than just quote from the Bible. So these quotes, though, are these quotes, you know, biblical language can be uh, harsh in some instances. What were the quotes that they objected to most? Well, you're right, Don. There there are certain sections of the Bible that that can be provocative, at least by by, uh, contemporary terms. But um, let me give you an example, quoting from Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. That was deemed hate speech and uh, bias against the LGBTQ plus community. And the school sanctioned him for that. Yeah, clearly uh, that's uh, that's protected speech. Is the argument, though, it, it mentioned here homosexuality. If he says you're going to burn in hell from the Bible or something of that nature, suppose he, um, are you saying he is protected if he just reads from the Bible? Suppose he goes off script, doesn't just read from the Bible, but adds his own language that you're going to hell or hellfire or something. Is that protected? Absolutely. There's a misconception uh, that is furthered by the left that there is an exception for, quote, hate speech uh, in the First Amendment, and that is uh, contrary to the truth. The First Amendment protects hate speech, that speech that offends. Time and again, the United States Supreme Court says that the First Amendment protects the right to offend. It goes so far as, you know, the, the one example that we've, we always use is burning the American flag. That's, that's clearly offensive mm-hmm. to many people, um, whether it's hateful. It could be hateful. It could be hateful in certain contexts. But nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, it is protected speech. The better example is burning of a cross, clearly something that uh, most sensible people would, would agree would, would be hate speech. Uh, and it's directed at a certain class of of people and uh, evokes a sense of superiority of a certain race. Even burning a cross is protected by the First Amendment. Let me me ask you, if if you burn the the cross on my lawn, though, there's going to be trouble. Can you do that? You cannot, because there, the the conduct that I would be in trouble for if I did that would not be um, the message I was conveying. It's because I burned something on your front lawn, just as if I burned anything on your front lawn. Or if I make a threat against you, obviously a, a personal threat against you, I, I want to kill you or, or, or something to that effect, um, and, and, and where you threaten bodily harm or, 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 or some other ill uh, towards somebody, that's not, that's not protected by the First Amendment because um, you're, you're, you're making a, a threat, and it's not based upon the message you're conveying, it's, it's based upon what you intend to do in right. furtherance of that, right. which is a criminal act. So this guy was not a student then, right? He's just a street corner preacher uh, type of guy, and he found a niche no. there. No, he wasn't. He was a he, student. Oh, he was a he student. He was a student okay. there. Right. 
So and, well, that, uh, that was one of the that was yeah. one of the problems. Oh well, that's a big problem. So they, you know, it's one thing to ban him from the zone because of advocating violence or whatever, but another to take him out as a student unless he's doing that in that role in class or something of that nature. That's that's a real jump. Yeah, he was on a section of campus that was reserved for folks to engage in all sorts of First Amendment protected activity. There was no dispute over that. The college never disputed that. It wasn't like he was doing this and disrupting class or doing this in certain areas where um, there were certain conduct that, that you needed to abide by because people were studying. He wasn't going to the library and saying this type of thing. This was in a open air area of campus where First Amendment activity was permitted. And they really not only did they ban him from campus, they suspended him. So one of the things we were able to get back for him in the stipulated order was all of the negative references to his suspension and expulsion were stricken mm-hmm. from um, his academic record. Um, he was he was allowed to to return to school, although I, I don't I don't know that he's going to do that. I think he's going to move on to someplace that's probably more understanding of uh, uh, of him. Uh, and welcoming him of, of him, but still, if he chose to return to the, the, the county college, he could, and the, the college would have to offer him and afford him um, certain things to allow him to, to to get up to speed for the courses that he missed. So it was it was more than just telling someone they they they, they couldn't speak there. It was it was what they right. did to Mr. Cefalino in a larger context of him being a student at the school. Want to go back, Wally, what was their best argument, if there was one? Was the best argument, hey, this is Jersey, we have hate crime laws, whatever somebody says and deems this a hate crime, we decide if it is or not, and then you can't do it? Is that the gist of it? Yeah, that, that was the gist of their argument. I don't know that the argument gets much better than that, and I don't think that's uh, a very good argument. In fact, it's not an argument. Uh, there has uh, It may be an argument that they think has has merit but it but it has no legal merit whatsoever they they relied upon certain anti-harassment language in the student code of conduct and other anti-bias statutes within the state of new jersey none of which would diminish mr cefalino's first amendment rights here and um it was it was sort of still somewhat silly that they they even relied upon it i one of the most ironic things was that the the dean that um, that initially warned him and then suspended him said that the college was was accepting of all individuals, um, n- not realizing the irony in saying that, and that he needed to he needed to preach the the gospel and preach from the Bible in a way that was respectful to all individuals. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's possible, and and uh, 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 the, <laughs> yeah. the 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 irony was totally lost on the. Dean. Oh my goodness! Even in a place like Jersey, now let's go back to you are out there on your own, but also the Stephen Miller founded group. Uh, there's power in this, isn't there? That to have the resources the big guns, et cetera, kind of like I mentioned the Morgan Law Firm and civil matters. So where do people find yeah. uh, the your outfit, uh, Wally? Yeah, Dom, you bring up a great point. Um, America First Legal. Um, you know, we've, we've been together. You and I have been talking about these issues for many years, probably going back 10 years, going back to uh, probably the Pelosi case back in um, uh, 2012. Oh, yes. And that, Back then, we didn't have organizations like this that had the financial support, the the bench of legal knowledge to bring these types of cases. America First Legal has completely leveled the playing field because for folks like Mr. Cefalino, he can go to an organization 
like America First Legal, and he can be there's legal counsel there, and there's a tremendous amount of resources that he that that'll be able to to support um, the vindication of his constitutional rights. So uh, it, it it's just go online, America First Legal, AFLLegal.org, I believe, um, and you can learn more about the organization. Um, it is a 501c3 organization. Uh, it is, so that means that any donation to the organization is 100% tax deductible, and it's it's been tremendous. I mean, in many of the cases that I'm on talking about with you, they would simply not be possible without exactly. uh, America First. Thank God you were there. The Pelosi case, the, as I remember it, because uh, I got pretty, pretty fen- uh, friendly with the family, they had a dress-up day. This is the height of the election of Mitt Romney, Obama. It was actually a Mitt Romney shirt. Yes, you know, that, that's right. That hardcore, that, yeah. that, that hardcore MAGA, yeah. extreme right-wing Republican, <laughs> yeah. Mitt Romney, and they had and they called her a member of the KKK. Yes, sixteen-year-old. I think she was sixteen years old. Yes, sixteen-year-old uh, high school student. They called her a member of a, of the KKK for having the audacity to wear the extreme right-wing. Uh, Mitt Romney uh, T-shirt to school. It's on a dress-up day, too. I mean, when you were allowed to dress up, that was a critical point there. So, hey, uh, while I we, think they even I think they even encouraged you to to, to dress up, you know, and, yes. and, and and show politics. It was right around the the election. Yeah, exactly. So while we have you here, any issue with the election, although seemingly far off, that has to be tightened up or you're hearing about or you're interested in. I mean, the mail-in ballot thing here, we have a lot of forces on the Republican side accepting this now, more than accepting it, embracing it. It's the only way to win. But is there something, the the lock, the, um, the drop-off boxes, the drop boxes, that's what still concerns me, you know, the shenanigans with it or perceived shenanigans? We haven't seen anything yet. Um, there's a, there's a couple cases that have, have popped up on some minor election related issues. Um, we haven't seen anything, uh, uh from the Democrats yet okay. filing cases in Phil and excuse me, in Pennsylvania, uh, to take advantage of the uh, election code or change the election code, perhaps because they got everything they wanted in 2020 and there's not much left to, to change and the landscape is so favorable for them. So, so nothing yet. Um, but you know, we're still quite a bit out. Um, from the election. So I, I fully anticipate and everybody fully anticipates that changing, uh, but nothing specific that I can uh, bring to your attention. Well, we thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, great work uh, again. And uh, I'm thrilled that you are a major gun with this group because what else would people do? I mean, they would have to hunt down and find someone like you. And that with all the resources of this, they can't win in these cases. The, the, the Springfield Township, this, the First Amendment is clear on this stuff, and they're in a bubble because nobody has the resources to challenge it usually. Yeah, and they have to be challenged. They, they, they simply ignore the clear uh, law behind the First Amendment, and unfortunately, they have to be sued and they have to lose in order for them to change their course of conduct. Really unfortunate. Absolutely. Wally, thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. Wally Zimalong here on Talk Radio 1210. That case right here next door in Jersey. Perfect example. You know, it may not be pleasant to hear when someone's fire and brimstoning you from the directly from the Old Testament. Well, you know, it was a zone. He wasn't going up to people who said they were gay or anything like, you know, threatening. It was a zone that was set up. 
for freedom of speech. Tom Giordano's show will take you out to Bucks County in that special election due to the weather, some polling place changes, and wanted to remind you if uh, the Republican wins there, that changes the balance of power as we understand it. And the leaky roof, we don't know what happens. But I wanted to take a moment. Bob Kelly first met him when he was doing traffic at CBS3, now at Fox 29. He's one of the great guys in all of media. You know that. You watch him. Nothing more down home in Philly. Great guy, yeah. And the poor guy is uh, down at the shore uh, at the Dead Dog Saloon in Seattle City. And Seattle's a good place. I mean, we love it, the stuff I've done there. And this guy who admits it, Ioni, uh, I'm not going to call him a kid because he's more of a punk, comes in, throws beer on him, and then punches him. And Kelly, yesterday, when they finally had the sentencing, says he still has very bad eye problems. He's uh, nervous in public after your attack like that. It's got to be. And all they give this guy with his fancy lawyer and his, uh, his parents, come on, he gets three years probation. Oh, come on. And his attorney says uh, he's still going to counseling, and he's doing very, very well. His client suffers from depression and alcohol abuse. What was the motive? Did they find that out? There's no motive. No? No. He just either either was drinking or the motive is he's going to come in and he's going to do stuff like that. Apparently, he's done it before. Uh, It says, quote, he was a bully that day. He decided because he wasn't happy he was going to do something to somebody else. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even give him credit for that. You know what I mean? He's not. Ha- I, I just and Bob Kelly of all people, and uh, the judge. I want to warn you, sir. Oh, stop it already with the I want to warn yous and give him a sense. I'm not saying you should go to state prison necessarily, but there's got to be some jail time involved here. When a guy's got repercussions like this, there in a public event, and his maniac comes in and just decides to throw beer on him. And Colcock him in this manner. Typical Jersey. That'll be three years probation. So uh, I just want to put it out there that th- that that assault with Bob right. Kelly happened at the Ore House. That's where uh, he has those events at the Ore House. The the assault he actually had another incident about months oh, that's, or, okay. the summer prior okay. at Dead Dog Saloon in Seattle. Okay. So yeah, so other incidents. Here. All right, pleaded guilty to simple assault. So there's a history that was only a month before he punched Kelly in this situation. The moral of the story is, if you get away with one thing, you tend to up that situation. You know, and I haven't had something like that. I mean, I had a guy who obviously was nuts, tried to attack when I was broadcasting from the airport. And I forget which producer it was, kind of knocked him down and we continue with the broadcast. But no, more's got to be done. What kind of cockamamie place and state is this? Come on, judge. Three years probation. Well, what do you want to do? I mean, come on. Yeah, well, you go around being punched like that where you have eye problems still. You have to tell your kids you're bleeding and you're wondering what the hell happens. What are you saying? Just suck it up and go on with life? Uh, Yeah. Is this, uh, Judge, is this white privilege or white wealthier privilege? Or, you know, the people that are involved here seem to be fairly prominent in this town. I mean, if you the, the, also in 2022, we had an incident at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, alcohol-related yeah. offense. So, so this kid seems like he can just do anything he wants and get away mm-hmm. with it. It's it's come on, three three years probation. 
Yeah. Well, what's, I, he, what's he got to do before we actually punish him? Right. And I don't see an inquire printed the article. All right. They could say they're just in the news business. They did their part here, I guess. Uh, but um, but the rest of the media, how, how about shining light? I wonder what kind of sentences this uh, judge gives out. And, and you know what, judge? If you're going to be this lenient, you don't get to lecture and saying, sir, I'll be watching this and all. No, you won't. No, you won't. What does it take to be put in jail? Did he have to kill Bob Kelly? Did he have to paralyze him? Did he have to put him in a hospital for six months? Suppose somebody there then had protected Kelly and pummeled this guy. Oh, we can't be having that. And he comes from a law enforcement family, this guy. Yeah, he's on probation, right. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.